To kids these days. I'm Rachel. And I am Tara. Hello. Hello. So today we're going to talk about spiritual parenting, mm-hmm. kind of climbing that mountain, and mm-hmm. to talk about what is the significance that faith should have in your home and your kids' lives. So I think it's be good. Yeah, I think it's, so. It's a topic I it's on my mind a lot, so yeah. I'm glad we're talking about it. Me too. But first, Tara. (laughs) Yes, Rachel. It's our word of the week. You know the drill. I know the drill. Yes. Okay. So our word for the week is, it's kind of a slang term. And maybe some of you parents out there have already heard it and you're very familiar with it. So congrats to you. That's awesome. Uh, But it's actually one of my personal favorites. Um, And it's literally just the word shade. Shade? Shade. Like lampshade? (laughs) Yes, actually, like a lampshade. Kids actually just are wearing lampshades around on their head these days. Isn't that crazy? No. Yes, I've seen them. No, no. It's not talking about lampshades, but that's how it's spelled. Like So S-H-A-D-E. But it's as a used as a verb. So like throwing shade is how it would be used. And it basically just means you're mad or annoyed with someone. Throwing shade. Or it's something, yeah. Teenagers are so weird. Yeah, they're really weird. Uh, but I like to use – I think it's really funny to use. Um, I use it a lot with my, my middle school and high school kids because they are – they throw shade all the time. Um, but – I feel like I threw shade in the car this morning when I was in traffic for I'm an sure. hour. I'm sure. You have to drive drive all the way from Katie. I throw major shade. You're throwing shade all over the place. Is it is it directed at a person? Yeah. So an example could be I'm talking to a friend of mine and I'm saying, man, did you – she Rachel this morning. I feel like she was throwing some major shade, <laughs> and it would mean like you were being, you were mad or annoyed or you seemed upset for some reason. So, which would be pretty much every morning. <laughs> so. You're just not a morning person. I'm no. Not a morning person. It's <laughs> okay. At all. At all. Well, yeah. And so I've asked. I need to ask, but I don't know if shady would be like the adjective or the adverb. Like, you're being shady? Because usually that Grammar means, like, you're being, like, You're shady. Yeah, shady has a different right. meaning. So I think, but what the term that I think goes nearest to throwing shade in the adjective form would be salty. Salty. Yeah, or the adjective. You're being salty, which my kids tell me all of the time. Not my, not my kids. I don't have kids, but my students. Yes. They're like, Tara, you're being so salty. <laughs> oh, Tara, I don't think you're salty. Oh, thank you. I mean, you're not sweet either. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I don't know what the opposite of salty is. Sweet. Sweet. But but I don't think that would I mean, classify. I don't know that, but <laughs> I wouldn't always call you salty. Yeah, so you parents out there, don't be salty. <laughs> don't be salty you know what, to your kids. Yeah, you know what throwing shade means now, so. Be sweet. Yeah, but you can definitely use that when you're talking to your kids and they'll love it. You and, know, And it's not an actual lampshade. <laughs> it's not. No, you're just being being salty. So <laughs> and shady. There you go. Have some new vocabulary All for right. you this week. Perfect. Yes. So um we talked about I mentioned we're talking about spiritual parenting. And I just want to hear as you as a youth director, mm-hmm. what 
Why do you think this is important? What do you see? Why do you think yeah. we need to talk about it? Absolutely. So the reason we've, we, you know, we've talked about this before, Rachel, but it really came to the forefront of my mind uh, this past, you know, recently we just celebrated uh, Youth Sunday here at MDPC. And it's such a great Sunday. It's one of my favorites of the year. And we ask a lot of our graduating seniors to give their testimony. And it's usually like four or five minutes. And they did an awesome job. And it just kind of brought up in my mind, like, these kids are about to go to college. And are they going to stick with their faith? Is it going to be something that they prioritize as they venture into adulthood? And um, yeah, so I, I think it's important to prioritize this in in families and in households because kids need to understand how important their faith will be for them throughout the rest of their life and the foundation is going to be built when they're here um, at church but more more importantly at home because we only have them a few hours a week at best um, here at church and so the rest of the time they're spending at school or at home and at home is the place that they're going to you know see that faith play out. Right. And I think, you know, we can just look statistically. Mm-hmm. There's such a low statistic of um, low percentage of kids that are invested back in the church mm-hmm. after college. Exactly. And so there's something about it that their faith isn't sticking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can look at the church and say, that's the problem. Or we can say maybe it's a bigger problem than just the church. Maybe it's what we're doing or not doing at home that is part of that reason why when kids um, get out of college, their faith just – or in college and out of college, their faith isn't sticking the same way. Absolutely. And Youth Sunday is a bright spot in our youth ministry, and it's encouraging for us uh, but way too often, I feel like I'm just seeing students slip through the cracks. And like you were saying, they're not plugging into churches when they go to college. And when they graduate and even move back home, they're not plugging in here. Uh, and so often they're not even plugging in at churches in the area. They usually won't – if they if they do reenter you know, the church world or they reprioritize their faith, it's usually not until they're married and start to have families of their own. And the, the cycle kind of just – repeats. Right. And I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Am I out of left field? Uh, You've been in children's and youth ministry way longer than I have. So what are your thoughts to be more specific about spiritual parenting? Right. Well, I think, you know, what you're saying is correct that some of them do come back when they have kids, and that's great. And that's what we want. But that in-between time is important for their faith development, too. And to me, if they're not coming back to church, that's kind of a that's a symptom of a bigger issue that they're not having a living, breathing, vibrant faith. Mm. You know, maybe it's some individualistic faith, but you know, I believe that faith is best when it's in community with believers, and that's when you're continuing to grow. So, even if they say, "Oh, maybe I'm not at church, but I have a faith," and I'm not saying that's not important. But I think that there's also a need for them to be plugged in better. And I think they learn that. They learn how to be in a community of faith at home. Mm-hmm. That even though um, church is one place where they're part of a community of faith, it's very important. That community of faith actually starts in the home. Mm-hmm. So that's something I really wanted to, just, um, to talk about today. And yeah. I'd love to hear kind of from your perspective, what do you see in terms of how— I- 
how are we as parents doing in terms of spiritual parenting? Because you get to see the kids in a different light. And so I would love your thoughts on it. Well, the kids that grow up in our youth ministry that really have a good understanding of the gospel and their faith all usually have one big thing in common. Uh, Their parents have made faith a priority in their home um, and in their individual lives as well, not just making, not just kind of telling the kids how to go about living out their faith, but the parents are actually doing it as well. And these families are praying together. um, They're prioritizing church in their homes to the best of their ability. And they're encouraging kids to seek God in their own lives. Uh, And these are typically the students that are going to keep their faith number one through early adulthood and beyond. Um, So Rachel, you're the parent on this team, though. Am I being overzealous with this, like, (laughs) dream I have of kids that are just prioritizing their faith and becoming young disciples of Christ? Like, I know life is so busy for families, and it's only getting busier as kids get older. Um, You see in elementary, they're already starting sports year-round, and as they get into middle school and high school, it just gets busier and busier. But are there some ways families can prioritize faith together still be a normal active family with kids that are involved in stuff and parents that are involved in stuff. Um, so how have y'all done that with your kids? You've yeah. got a middle schooler and an elementary Well, I think the very kid. first thing I would say, and this is what those families have done, mm-hmm. that you see kids with vibrant active faith. These families have been intentional mm-hmm. about it. That's good. Not perfect, but intentional. And I think that is the key to spiritual parenting, if you hear nothing else is just to be intentional. And what I mean by that is, you know, you bring this baby home from the hospital and automatically you're starting to watch their development. Do they smile at six weeks? Do they sit up? Do they crawl? Am I singing to them? And am I reading to them? And then, you know, am I, as they get older, are they in activities? Are they doing their homework? And you're intentional about all those things. Mm. But sometimes you're not intentional about their faith. You know, you say, okay, we'll we'll go to church and we check that box and we're done for the week, and that's it. And that's an important step. But it's more the day-to-day, how am I teaching and discipling my kids on a daily basis? And then it's part of my little box inside my head that says, oh, I have to teach them manners. Oh, I have to mm-hmm. teach them to be afraid of strangers. Oh, I have to teach them about God. Right. And I think the awareness is the first piece. And the second thing to that, though, is it doesn't have to be perfect. I know as a parent, sometimes when I feel, like, overwhelmed by something, I just don't do it. Right. And I think a lot of parents can feel very overwhelmed about instilling faith in their kids. Maybe they didn't grow up in a home of faith. Maybe they don't know Bible stories. And they think, how can I disciple my kids. I'd rather just bring them to church for the experts to teach them. Mm. And what I would say to those parents is don't feel overwhelmed. Just do something. And it doesn't have to be perfect. It can be talking to your kids about faith in the car. It Mm. can be just start with praying before meals. Just start with, you know, I have a little blessing that I say over my kids at night. I just touch their forehead and say a blessing. And sometimes that's the only prayer we get in. It's, you know, if I'm exhausted, they're right. exhausted. It's something but that it I've something. done. Yeah. Even just having conversations with them. 
entering into conversation. You know, the other day we had this, my eight-year-old and I had a great conversation about what does Jesus think is important. That's great. And it wasn't something prepared. It wasn't, it was just, they were hearing my views about it. And I think that's, so that's what I would say is just start with a little thing. Maybe it is putting a verse up on your refrigerator. Oh, Maybe, good, yeah. you know, uh, and some things will fail. Like I had, <laughs> I had this grand what? failure. <laughs> I, had, I had this grand plan that my kids were going to memorize a scripture a week. And so I went to um, Hobby Lobby and I, I bought a key. Hobby Lobby. Yeah. I this was, lo- this took a lot there. of effort for me. I was so proud of myself. I'm impressed. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was so intentional. I went to Hobby Lobby and I bought this cute chalkboard and I, I searched for the perfect verse and I put it up and I put it in their bathroom on this little chalkboard easel right by the sink. And I was like, yes. And I I didn't say anything about it. I was just going to wait and see what they said. Yeah, see the fruits of your labor. <laughs> yes. They never mentioned it. In fact, I think my daughter like wiped it off and started playing school with it in her bedroom. <laughs> so it didn't work, and I was frustrated, but— But you tried. But I tried something. You tried, and you did something, yeah. Yeah, and so I just would encourage parents, find anything, and you're going to try something, and it's not going to work. You're going to try something else, and it is. But the, your kids will know you're trying. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's like everything else. Do you always sit down at the table and your kids have perfect perfect table manners and you correct everything that they're doing wrong? No. Yeah. But you're at least say please, say thank you. Right. Invest some yes. intentionality in it. That's I totally, what I'm saying. I hear where you're coming from. I, I completely agree. And I loved what you said about uh, just having conversations in the car even. And I think a great way to even start that is if you make it to church on a Sunday – Instead of getting in the car and thinking like, oh, where do we want to go eat? Maybe ask them what church was about, what they learned. Mm-hmm. And just continuing that conversation is going to help that stick and, and be planted in their heart. But I love the the idea of just doing one, even one, just one thing. Um, you know, my dad's a pastor, so I had a lot of things that my family did in, in faith because that's just kind of what my parents, you know, did. And um and my brother and I, but my brother and I were really busy. We played sports. I was in theater, and Trey and I, that's my brother, were both in academic organizations. But my parents did as best as they could to make it a priority for at nighttime before we went to bed. Our family would gather in the living room and just have a short little 15-minute devotion. And it wasn't like my dad had created this devotion. I think they literally just went to the store and bought a book. And Mm -hmm. it was like it had a story and a verse and a little prayer. And we did it together when we could because there were some times, especially when we got older, where it was really hard to make that happen. Uh, But it was so key in helping me form good spiritual habits in college and adulthood. I I just remember that time so vividly. And even some of the verses that we learned during those devotion times have stuck. So it yeah. doesn't always stick, but it stuck sometimes. And it helped with my knowledge of scripture for sure. So we took turns praying throughout the week. So it helped my brother and I also feel comfortable praying out loud. So even just tiny things like that right. and, and asking kids before meals, would you like to say the blessing? I think that that's great. And I think a couple other things is – you know, making faith priority. We talked about last time, you know, over-programming. And mm-hmm. 
you have to say faith is a priority. And mm-hmm. if if it always gets shoved to the side, you're telling your kids something, mm-hmm. you know, by by not you may think in your own life, oh, faith is a priority. But if you're not making it in your kids' schedule, faith, church, Bible studies, mission trips, if you're not making time for those things, you are sending a message to your kid and that your kid. And that's a hard reality you have to look at and face. Mm-hmm. Uh, and something else, this is a little offbeat, but I think just with summer coming up, you know, sending kids to Christian camps, mm-hmm. I think is an awesome thing to do for spiritual parenting because one thing that's happening there is they're starting to make their faith their own because they're yeah. away from you. And there's a great quote and I cannot find who to attribute to, but um, she said that a week at camp is equal to a year of Sunday school. Oh, wow. That's And great. I think that's so true because it allows kids to kind of get away from their environment and focus just on God and what He's doing in their life. And it's it's a separate experience from you and their faith. And kids also need that. They need some opportunities, not just where you're engaged, but that they are having opportunities separate to engage. So yeah. if your kid's a camp type kid, I encourage you to make Christian camps a priority because Absolutely. I think and mission trips a priority because those are some pivotal moments. You know, we both in ministry know time and time again, what yeah. do we hear? I hear from kids all the time. You know, I grew in, in, um, in a relationship. I found a relationship with Jesus Christ at camp. And, yes, and a mission Absolutely. trip, and yeah. so that is that is that's one thing you can do. That yep. is one thing I would. I think every kid that's that's comfortable going to camp and mission trips should do that. I completely agree with that, Rachel. I was a camp counselor before I went into full time youth ministry, and I just was so blessed to see so many kids just meet God, even sometimes for the first time uh, at camp. And it's just a chance for them to be out of their normal context, like you were saying, and have different people pouring into their lives. Uh, and so that's such a great thing. And and for the kids that maybe are a little nervous about camp, I know that there's there's sometimes there's day camps here yeah. in Houston, which are great. Um, and even family camp. I'm a huge fan of family camp. My family did it. And it's just a great time for families to mix it up with their vacation a little bit. Not Maybe not go to Disney World or the beach. They go to family camp and the parents have a chance to meet with God and um, the kids have really awesome counselors that want to pour into their lives and they're having a blast and their families are learning to worship together, which is yeah, just so great. great. So that's a that's an idea too. Yeah. So I think we've, you know, we've talked about being intentional. We've talked about making a priority, yeah. doing something, camps and mission trips and the role those can take. The last thing I would say that I think is an important part for spiritual parenting is to find other adults to pour into your kids and teach them faith, other adults that can speak to them besides you. Like, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be the only voice of faith in their life. Right. I think that well, that goes back to the community piece. Mm-hmm. And I know I had some powerful adults in my life that uh, poured into me. And so that's what I would say is find, be intentional about finding some other adults, Sunday school leaders, youth leaders, family friends that can speak spiritual things um, into your kids' lives. I would totally agree with that. That actually reminds me of, and you're probably familiar with this, but the five-to-one ratio um, in sticky faith. Uh, Sticky faith, 
I think was introduced at MDPC probably five or six years ago, maybe. And it's at a Fuller Youth Institute Mm -hmm. in Pasadena, California. And there's a book called Sticky Faith, which a plug for you parents out there, if you're interested in learning more about how to make your your kids' faith stick, this is a great book for that. Mm -hmm. And they have a parenting edition as well as a youth leader edition. But the five to one ratio is just a model. Um, And in youth ministry, there's always that whole, well, what's our youth leaders to kid ratio? And it's kind of the, th- the thought process of, oh, well, there's maybe one leader for every five kids or every seven kids or whatever, but they kind of reverse it. And it's five adults, five caring adults for every one student. Mm. And that kind of seems intimidating as a youth minister, because I'm right. like, what? That's a, lot of, that's a lot of adults in our youth <laughs> ministry, but that's not really what it's talking about. It's more just um, each kid has five adults in their lives that at least just check in on them and are praying for them and are being intentional about meeting with them or just talking with them. And that can be your kids' friends' parents. Uh, For me, that was huge. I had friends whose parents were just like second sets of parents for me and were praying for me. And when I'd go over to that house, they would ask me about how I was doing in my life. And so it can be kids, friends, parents. It can be youth leaders, like you were saying. Uh, Really anyone who's an adult who loves your kids and that can pray for them and be there for them. And that makes a world of a difference. I mean, the statistics that Sticky Faith talks about uh, with kids' faith sticking just increases tremendously when that five-to-one ratio is lived out in in their lives. And I think that's starting, that's not starting in teen years. That's starting in preschool years. Exactly. Surrounding them. And, you know, it's going to change as their life goes, but it's grandparents, it's, you know, teachers, Mm -hmm. it's Sunday school teachers. Just finding some people that are invested it, it's like the very intentional godparent. Yeah, model, right. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's five great. godparents per child. <laughs> but uh, I think that's really important mm-hmm. and another piece of it. It's great. Well, great this stuff. has been a great conversation. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go try to get a new chalkboard today and <laughs> write another verse. Maybe this one give you it should. A go. You should like put it on the wall so Hallie can't take it off. Yeah, from... maybe I need. Um, like some candy or something. Oh, yeah. Reward system. <laughs> there you go. Bribing. Our <laughs> bribery. next issue. That's the best thing for spiritual parenting, yeah. bribery. <laughs> Definitely. All right. We'll see you later for kids these days. See you next time. Whoa.